0: Hi, my name's Noreen Jamil and this
1: is Emily-Kate Stevens. Both of us have been diagnosed with long COVID. And we've created this podcast dedicated to the condition. Welcome to the Long COVID Sessions. So, Noreen, how was your week? It was up and down. I'm sleeping better
0: because I'm exhausted. So I'm dead to the world by eight o'clock.
1: Are you managing a full night's sleep? Uh, Until about five in the morning, which is good. And then
0: I'll get up and read the paper and do some work and then I'll fall back asleep and have another hour between seven and eight, which is good. And do you think that's made you feel better? Possibly. But I have not been feeling great anyway. I've had a lot of breathlessness and some palpitations. And in fact, this week I had such a bad episode of palpitations that I was actually walking with my family and ended up saying listen I can't go any further I need to sit down because you know it's really bad and that lasted a few minutes or so and then I recovered and was able to carry on but that was was a quick reminder of where we
1: are with our health. And it wasn't that you were massively exerting yourself it was just you were just taking a walk. That was a post-breakfast stroll. How was your week? Well like yours it's it's kind of been all over the place, different symptoms, different days. One day not being able to get out of bed without painkillers. Some days just such dizziness and I'm a bit better than, well, I'm a bit better than yesterday. But I've got really bad stomach problems. I really don't feel great at the moment. You're wasting away. I wish I was wasting away. The problem is that um, food is literally going straight straight through me when I can eat. So my physio was saying to me the other day that the problem is that you're not going to be able to get well if you're not absorbing what your body needs. Yeah. I've lost over the last three months a kilo a month. I've lost 12 kilos in a year. That's a lot. That is a lot. And listen, it's been my little silver lining So far, I've had long COVID, but I've lost weight. And I got to a point where I felt good about myself. But then it gets to the point where you're continuing to lose weight. There's nothing you can do to stop it. And it's not a positive thing. Um, And look, I've seen people on the group sort of be vilified for saying, can anyone tell me what to do? I've lost so much weight. And other people are saying it's really rubbing it in. I've gained loads of weight. I think the point here is whether you've lost it or you've gained it, if it's not intentional, if it's not something that you want to do and you have no control of it, whether it's loss or gain, it is a hard thing to manage and a hard thing for you to deal with. But there seem to be a lot of gastro issues tied up in all of this.
0: I've noticed that when I eat too much or something too sweet, it does affect me. Like, I will get immediate palpitations if I'm, you know, gorging on my gummy bears. It seems to affect my, my system.
1: It affects the heart, so not the digestion.
0: No, it affects the heart. So, I mean, obviously, with caffeine and sugar, you can become tachycardic, but in all the us with long COVID, everything is is exaggerated. Yeah. So I'm not just getting a, you know, something that I can't feel, which is what would normally happen. I'm doing something that I'm very hyper-aware of. Could be that I'm just hyper-aware.
1: But I get it with sugar, when I eat sugar, My eczema gets bad. So I think it's that manifestation of inflammation somehow coming out in whatever your body's method of manifesting itself is. But I definitely notice caffeine, sugar. They do that to me, but they have a different effect. I
0: tend to feel when I have rich food, but I get very bad air bubbles in in the middle of my chest and I feel really unwell until I clear them. And so I have my six-year-old pat me on the back like a baby. Really? Until I burp. Yeah.
1: It's quite bizarre, isn't it?
0: It is. But it's all these little things that you don't... I was on Twitter the other day and someone else suffering from long COVID had mentioned the fact that they find it sometimes difficult to swallow. And that was happening to me a couple of months ago. Like I'd be driving and I suddenly couldn't swallow. I'd have to really force myself. And I thought that was not anything to do with COVID, but was really odd. And now someone put out an appeal saying, is anyone else suffering from this?
1: Yeah, I saw that. I think that when I have the constriction in my throat, it's kind of what I feel. When I've got it, it feels like there's not enough space to swallow. Really odd. I mean, I don't know. Long COVID, it's just everything, isn't it? The more that I'm reading about it and looking at other people's symptoms and the research, it just, it's affecting everyone in such weird and different ways.
0: As we know, my heart issues are the ones that are is my most significant long COVID feature. I went along to the Cleveland Clinic yesterday and I spoke to the doctor who was looking after me. He was the director of cardiology. And he says anecdotally, yes, well, I've seen a lot of patients come through the door just like you, similar symptoms, just like you. What was different to what I got in the UK was that he was quite encouraging. He was like, well, you know, your prognosis is good. Your heart function is good. There's something else going on. But if we can take care of your heart, With time and rest and some reconditioning, you should be well in about a year or so. He says, I've seen people recover.
1: And have they recovered with any kind of intervention? Or is it literally just that managed exercise, which isn't it people with heart related issues are supposed to be? The recommendation in in this country is that they only exercise to 60% of their capacity is that that sort of recommendation that people are using for their recovery or what was he suggesting he his view of the heart
0: in terms of long covid is less intervention and he describes it as the virus has irritated your heart the heart's nerves and the membrane so that's why i get the chest pain and the back pain And that's that's just irritation, but not bad. It's not like as bad as pericarditis, but that with some rest, the nerves should recover. And he didn't try and give me any drugs.
1: Interesting. So does that mean um, a reduction in drugs overall?
0: To quote him, he said, you know, all drugs have their good and bad sides. And so I'm not advocating that you take anything.
1: Because I think that's one of the things that we've talked about from the beginning with the various different combinations of drugs that we have been put on is that there comes a point where you start to think, when you look at the side effects, when you first start taking them and realise that a lot of the side effects from a lot of the drugs are the same symptoms as long COVID. So a lot of the drugs will cause nausea, dizziness, breathlessness, insomnia. Heart palpitation. Yeah, heart (laughs) palpitation. So there comes a point down the road of taking these drugs where you sort of stop and you think, well, do I still have the symptoms that I started taking these for? Or am I now just feeling side effects of having taken these drugs for three, four, five months? I think that's partly a conclusion you came to as well, isn't it? For sort of mixing up the the frequency of taking drugs.
0: Very much so. And I also believe that the more you take something the more your body becomes tolerant of it and the longer you're on something the less it does for you and I I stopped taking some things because I felt that my symptoms were the same or getting worse and so I didn't see what the point was of continuing with them no one really knows what long COVID is doing to us and so it's a case by case what you feel is right and how you manage yourself yeah I've stopped taking Climatidine Which was my holy grail of drug. Yeah. Why did you decide to stop taking it? Because I, for a few days, I was taking it very late. I didn't really notice any more, any kind of significant difference. Okay. And so then I thought, let me just see how I am without it. And for a few days, there was no effects at all. And then one day, I felt slightly more allergic y, you know, when your skin gets hot and your face gets hot. But that only lasted a little bit and it's gone. And I still haven't taken it. Okay. And so I'm how- hoping that I'm hoping that if I don't take it and then
1: when I really need it again, my body'll be like, wow, you've got this great thing again. And I think wasn't the point of us taking it to to settle down that allergic reaction with the future coming off it. Like we, we weren't ever supposed to stay on it long term. That's that do do you feel like that's good news? That's a good question. I don't know. Honestly I
0: don't, because I don't know whether I'm just the symptoms are there anyway. And I'm taking these drugs so why am I taking these drugs? We're being treated with um, drugs uh, and regimens that are you know not prescribed in the NICE guidelines like there is no treatment for long COVID so people are doctors are trying to use alternative drugs that are used in other diseases to try and treat the symptoms. And I think that's what happened with the antihistamines. And now we've moved on to, for women, talk of hormonal therapies.
1: Yeah, which is something that both you and I have, we are women in our 40s. Both of us have been told that it might be something that we should consider.
0: So I mentioned this last week, I think, that perhaps HRT would be something that would be beneficial to stop this kind of corona coaster of cyclical symptoms monthly getting worse and getting better
1: yeah i think i've read that 70 percent of women with long covid have said that it has impacted their menstrual cycle i mean i didn't have a period for three months when i first had covid and now my periods have have definitely changed Uh, i have such ridiculously heavy periods which obviously then has implications in other things like my iron levels but there is evidence isn't there about oestrogen levels relating to inflammation levels isn't a low oestrogen relates to inflammation in the body which is why women normally have better immune response to things because we have the oestrogen which keeps our inflammatory response down there's a big connection between oestrogen and and inflammation levels and so there is talk and there are studies now into the effects of the oestrogen levels and other hormonal fluctuations on long COVID which is why there's talk of the HRT
0: it makes sense in other things as well because women are more likely to get autoimmune diseases which is that inflammatory response that's gone wrong
1: yes much more likely and so it
0: makes sense like just from even from a lay person's rudimentary understanding
1: of the body
0: you think you might go on HRT I
1: don't know I'd like to do some serious research into it I know it's um it's not recommended for uh, if you have any history of cancer in the in the family, is it? So that's something that I need to explore. I found this suggestion of going on to HRT quite a big deal for me. Like I, I am forty three years old. I was not had no symptoms of perimenopause pre COVID. So to have had sort of 18 months of my life taken by the by the long covid and then potentially facing the fact that it has caused me to have early onset menopause it's been quite a quite a shock for me to handle really it it feels like it could potentially i know we've talked before about perhaps you know what if you have heart damage that is permanent or what if we have x y and z that have caused permanent damage to organs and this for me was a kind of feeling of a one-way street like I've you know me I'm quite optimistic about it all and I'm always like okay I hope I think maybe this week I'm better maybe this week I'm going to get better and this felt like a much more sort of permanent and lasting change to my body that could have taken place from the long COVID yeah, yeah and I found that quite a lot to handle and I ch- I checked in with um Dr Glenn this week who we had on the show in session three Um, if you haven't listened to that episode please do Uh, he has great practical advice on managing what he calls the five barriers to recovery um, which are sleep disruption overexertion overworking stress and anxiety and poor gut health now during that interview with him he said this You know, perimenopausal women, so between 45 and 55, are disproportionately affected by long COVID. In my experience, they really get quite marked symptoms and there are hormonal influences that clearly make things a lot worse that you can't just ignore. You have to take those into account. And the same is true, actually, when you look at premenopausal women, the effect of hormonal fluctuations on their symptoms. You know, many women
0: will tell you that symptoms are significantly worse, for example, around the time of menses
1: when i spoke to him this week he said that he thinks that uh hormonal factors should be considered as a potential barrier to recovery particularly in peri uh, and post-menopausal women um so his five barriers to recovery he was suggesting he update to include hormonal factors and the fact that you've got to sort of address those hormonal factors to enable you to recover from the long covid
0: so as you know i'm in the us this month and obviously while i'm here i'm interested to see what they're doing about long covid and how much people know and so many people that i just personally know have no idea that you can get long COVID from COVID. They don't know about it. They don't know it's a syndrome.
1: I found the same in Greece. People just were completely unaware of it. What do you think that is there? Do you think it's lack of prevalence in the media? or Because we are beginning to get traction in the media here now.
0: Yes, I do think it's lack of prevalence. They're too busy firefighting the actual pandemic to think beyond death and ventilator. And the anti-vax movement here, Eats up all the media space,
1: and it's giving them prevalence where something else should be taking prevalence.
0: Yes, yeah, so and I'm talking to you know very worldly individuals who, who have high profile jobs. Um, when I you know talk about and they ask you how you are and what you you know what it's been like for the last year or so, and you talk about long COVID, they're like, what? What is that? It's crazy. And I asked my my physician before I came out to see if she could refer me to a long COVID specialist or a long COVID
1: clinic. And I got a letter back saying, we don't have any of those. So, but the federal government have put up $1.1 billion of funding for long COVID. Where, where is that going? Do you know?
0: So it seems to be going to doctors who are specialising in infectious diseases and in the US because there's no cohesive health system. It's state by state. And it really depends on the individual institution. So you get high profile doctors like Iwasaka doing really good research and it adds to the global body of research, but there's no US body that's just taking care of this one thing like like the NHS.
1: I've seen that on the on the groups is people in the US saying their health provision or whoever they use either doesn't have any service for long COVID, so they get referred elsewhere. But I think another big problem is that uh, a lot of people don't have insurance that, to cover it, even when they find that there are services. So people aren't getting any help. Well, the biggest irony here is
0: that it's actually the insurance companies that are managing to collate all the information. Because all everyone who's got long COVID goes through their insurance or tries to go there, through their insurance. They list their symptoms. And so the companies, these big mega insurance health companies, they are the ones that can provide a view of the country rather than the health service and the delta virus ripping through the country i just i don't understand it i really don't
1: no but then i guess so many of these people have not had to experience what we've had to experience for the last year yeah
0: yeah but the thing is in this country i'm sure people are experiencing it except they don't understand what they're experiencing a bit like the people who are on their deathbed Due to COVID, saying uh, you know I don't have COVID; it's something else. Yeah, that's happening a lot here in this country as well. There will be a point where the US and just because of sheer numbers, that long COVID becomes a massive problem.
1: I think that it's taken the U- the UK media a long time to start cottoning onto it. Uh, there does seem to have been a much bigger uptake in recent weeks with requests from the papers to write articles about people uh and their long covid experience. Well,
0: um uh, some one of the driving factors of that ironically is people within journalism who've got long covid able to go to their bosses and say hey I work you know I'm a producer on Panorama I'm a producer on Newsnight
1: and i think i'm from like hey, let's do a story that is something that's very interesting and obviously uh, i mean I, I found it really interesting watching the you know Lucy adams or watching the journalists who, like us who have long covid it's much more engaging as a long covid sufferer to hear it from the perspective of other sufferers now in that vein there is a paper that was published earlier this month in the British Journal of General Practice, which is a study that's been put together by a panel of 33 experts with experience of long COVID. A lot of the people that they used for this study, which is to create better guidelines for GPs and long COVID clinics as to how to diagnose people, is they, I think they had 29 members of the panel were GPs who are also long COVID sufferers. And I think it's only by that kind of duality of experience with the journalists, with the GPs, that you actually begin to get proper understanding of of the condition and what it's like to have it and how it therefore needs to be looked at.
0: I agree 100%.
1: Join us next week as we hear others' experiences of long COVID... Share your stories and questions at tlcsessions.net. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram for the latest updates. And if you found this interesting, please do subscribe.